right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest. We have my man, John Anik from the UFC. He is like the Vin Scully of the UFC. And, and a lot of you guys know who he is, but what I want you to know on this episode is to treat because he's a Bostonian, a real Bostonian, and he's a hip hop head. So I thought who better to have on this Boston tribute than my man, John. Welcome, John. Thank you, brother. And I don't know if I'm stepping out of line here early, but you and I live in the same damn neighborhood. So we have to figure out a way. I have a new studio. I'm too afraid to use all these buttons. Yeah. Uh, we have to figure out a way the next time for you and me to be sitting across from each other and actually looking at each other. For sure, man. For sure. I mean, I, I see you all the time running in the morning, but we, we don't uh, have to stop and chat. One of these days, we'll, we'll chop it up and uh, we'll do a face-to-face -face for sure. Yes. Wouldn't you say John is the spliff star of the UFC? He's like the ultimate hype man on the mic. Once upon a time up in Jersey, yo, I wish Redman was here, but we're well represented in Newark, New Jersey here tonight. UFC 288, capacity crowd on hand. You know I'm repping the Boston Celtics. We had to go hard in the paint with that, but we're excited to be here in New Jersey. First time in four years. We will see you live on pay-per-view 10 p.m. Eastern. Prelims prior, let's go! Well, I, I don't know if... I, I can't, I mean, I said Vince Scully because, I mean, I'm a baseball guy first and foremost. And, and to me, like, Vince is synonymous with baseball. Uh, hype, man, I, I don't know. I mean, wh how, would you, how would you classify your... Well, let's just say Vince Scully, no matter how long I do play-by-play, -play, I will never be as good as that guy. <laughs> and think about just the simplicity of that statement, but it's rooted in a lot of truth, right? Like... There were guys who maybe were so good in different parts of sports media that had me pivot to another area, right? Even Colin Cowherd was so good in my mind as a solo radio act that I was like, I don't want to sit there and listen to myself for three hours. I'd rather listen to that guy. If you want to give me a partner, great, you know? So it's hard for me to sort of categorize myself. Certainly, I think people who listen to my podcast know I'm a high energy guy who's a little bit of a lunatic. So yeah, I mean, I think that it comes naturally for me to hype the UFC and, uh, you know, be a promotional guy, uh, however hyperbolic I can be at times. Uh, but I love the sport, and uh, it's an exciting time, obviously, to be in mixed martial arts, even though, uh, you know, I grew up in Boston and wanted to be the voice of the Red Sox. So here we are. <laughs> wow. So you're, you're on your way to the arena. You're in the car. Uh, just to tee up the show here, what are you bumping in the car on the way to the arena? So I'm usually with a bunch of other people and it's people talking and there's nothing going on, you know, but I guess now that I think about it and coming on your show, uh, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Bruce Buffer meditates in the dressing room. Now, I can't get to a meditative state. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I suppose listening to hip hop or listening to reggae or even something chill would be uh, would be something that might be good for my headspace as opposed to fucking gossip mongering with the fellow commentators on the way to the arena so well let's um let's go back because i'm sure a lot of people know you're from boston but i don't know if a lot of people truly know that you're a this diehard hip-hop head and and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't you tell me like before all this you wanted to be a rapper like it was like that all right <laughs> well i tried hard to get the freestyle rap going you know in uh, in cars, Volkswagens in Wayland, Massachusetts. I, I would say I'm like three for 300 lifetime in terms of spitting one out cleanly. So thanks for that. <laughs> pivoted in another direction in terms of using whatever orating skills I have. Three for 300. 
But I'll never forget, you know, the times that I was able to execute one cleanly start to finish. But yeah, I mean, it just came naturally to me. I always thought I was tougher than I was, which I think aligned with the music I was listening to. And uh, it's amazing to now try to play 90s hip hop to my daughters. And uh, certainly some songs stick and some don't. But uh, yeah, I mean, I listened to it all. I had friends who were much more amb ambitious in terms of trying to be rappers, you know, Richie Marshall and Matt Hubble, now Matt James, you know, they were really trying to get into it. And I just remember being very young, 15 years old, I want to say, uh, and watching them at the Strand in Dorchester trying to make it and, and the crowds chanting, go white boy. And it was really cool to watch uh, all of that. So, uh, you know, yeah, I've been into it for a long time and uh, definitely deferred to people that were better uh, rappers than me. What was your first Boston hip hop moment that kind of made you feel like, you know, I'm a part of this culture. I'm a part of this uh, this state and what it stands for in the world of hip hop. Well, it was that moment at the Strand, to be sure. It was like, wow, so this is really a part of the culture. But if I'm being totally truthful, Andre, I never got embedded the way, you know, maybe I could have and would have liked to have. Uh, and part of that's probably because I didn't live in the city, you know, and I wasn't attending hip hop shows regularly, you know. That one stands out to me because they got a crowd that wasn't initially behind them on their side. Uh, but I only saw them perform about three times. You know, but Ed OG, when he did that song uh, about Kenny Florian, we are trying to actively track down that goddamn track right now. Uh, but he did a track about Kenny Florian in, in 2008 or so, and that sort of uh, was the synergy and connective tissue I'd probably been looking for my whole life. Well, if you need anything from Edo, I am uh, I can definitely help you out there. It's his birthday ah. today, so shout out to Edo G. Happy birthday. Um, so take us back. You told us the strand. What Around what time was this? This is like the late 90s, mid 90s? Early 90s. Early like 92. 90s. Yeah. 92. Okay. I'm old. I mean, I'm born 1978. Well, so yeah. you, you may be old, but Andre, Andre <laughs> is uh, a fossil. Okay. <laughs> we are all pumping, what are we, 44, 45? So I think we're probably all, all in the same age bracket, exception of uh, Gilligan's Island over there. Huh. So, um, 92. So, or, or, 92. 92. I'm trying to think what was popping in 92. Well, you had Ed OG, right? That was 91. Yeah. Marky yeah. Mark was huge. So, I mean, that kind yeah. of like help Boston in a way. Yeah. Whether it was uh, something you guys want to own up to. Take us back to like John's early childhood with hip hop what was your first yeah. tape like what tape made you say okay i love this this music so it's hard for me to timeline it and contextualize it right and knowing that i was going to be talking to you boys i'm sort of trying to jog my memory and maybe some resin on the brain stem or whatever but like i remember listening to ill al scratch in 1994 oh you know? you're jay's so, Did you but, tee that up, Jay? No. So, John, just I'm sorry to cut. Just so you know, Ill Al is one of my guilty pleasures, and huh. I talk about Ill Al Scratch ad nauseum on the show. Like every episode, That's I bring so up funny. Ill Al. I've never I listened to the show. I will heretofore, but for full before disclosure, you, before you do your gigs, you can listen to the show. Yeah. So. Proceed, but Ill Oscar, I knew I liked you, man. Ill Oscar. Yeah, I mean, Onyx was a big influence. Like, I remember being in ceramics class in high school and I made a bust of Fred Rostar's face, right? I mean, that's obsession, right? And I thought it was the coolest thing. Kept it with me forever, you know? Finally broke, thankfully. Uh, no, I didn't get him to sign it, but you know, Onyx, Redman, Tupac for sure, Easy E. Keith Murray was probably my favorite. 
Um, but you know, uh, these guys, you know, that I reference had me listening to like, and maybe I have the timeline off, but like question mark asylum and all this underground oh, stuff that, that, you know, never would have been on my radar, but Keith Murray, what's happening? Uh, he has a verse that's like two minutes that is just uh, on a different level. And uh, some of these songs obviously are hard to find. Uh, I push them on my daughters and hopefully eventually my son as best I can. And, uh, you know, it's fun to be in this role with all of, of this hip hop now. So when you say Keith Murray, I immediately assume that you smoked lots of weed in the 90s. <laughs> because people that mention Keith Murray usually yeah. are big weed heads. Am I am I wrong? So if I'm trying to call an NFL football game in my life, you know, I probably shouldn't go too deep <laughs> on that question. You know, before I do interviews, oftentimes I would say one out of every three, I'll get pre-interviewed and they'll say, hey, is there anything we can't ask you? And I always say, absolutely not. You can truly ask me anything. It's up to me to not perjure myself. Uh, but I should probably plead the fifth there if I want to call okay. an NFL football <laughs> game. It's interesting, too, because like, let's say I wanted to do a cannabis strand. How's this for an answer, right? Let's say I wanted to do my own cannabis strand. I've been pitched tequilas before, but maybe a cannabis strand might be a better fit for me. You know, I'm not necessarily going to take that bait right now if I ever want to call an NFL football game. But uh, maybe we'll put something into the air at some point in time. You never know. This man got <laughs> blenders, pre-rolls. He got a tequila. He got cleats. He got a clothing line. Well, Becoming uh, much more uh, <laughs> accepted, I, I think. As far I just went to New York City, it's fucking everywhere. So. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Sure. Now, you know, not to deviate, but isn't it uh, becoming more accepted within your your industry itself? Great question. So I live in Florida, where you can't gamble, you can't smoke weed or any of that, right? As you know, I mean, certainly you can get around it medicinally and otherwise, you know. Um, but no, I mean, I wouldn't say that it's accepted in sports broadcasting terms, you know. Uh, I I don't mean in broadcasting, although I got like think, the UFC. You mean? Yeah, yeah. I think you know, in that realm, it's it's becoming more and more. Yeah, I mean, Joe Rogan is my broadcast partner, right? And obviously, he's pro cannabis. You know, sure. I wouldn't say that Dana White is all about it, right? You know, so sponsorships know. are a part uh, of it. You know. Yeah, it's. A, I, I mean, I, it's. Yeah, I guess we're just. We're definitely not there yet. No, I don't think so. So we're not going to see Troy Aikman light it up on the next uh, <laughs> Monday Night Football. No, I mean, with all the forward progression that we are yeah. having, and it is interesting too, because even if you do like cannabis, when you go to Vegas and New York right now, uh, you can't escape it, whether you like it sure. or not. So oh, sure. it's wild. It's the Wild West. Yeah, you guys holding? Shit, everything but coke, heroin, in your cock. What? How about a nickel bag, man? Oh, 15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. Nong, 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 nong. Um, you mentioned Ed O.G. So was Ed O.G. the first Boston rapper that you were aware of? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And his debut album, I Gotta Have It, uh, was, was that the one, the pivotal moment for, for I guess, you and, and Boston hip-hop? No, I mean, I again, it's like full veracity here. No, I mean, it wasn't really until my late 20s, early 30s that that stuff surfaced on my radar, you know? Okay. Uh, so, you know, with respect to that yeah. gentleman, and I went down a rabbit hole today, rest assured, and uh, some of the new stuff is actually very good. And uh, we're so aligned. I think he and I are very similar in age. Happy birthday. I think he's 53 today, if my research is accurate. But, uh, 
you know, just in terms of where uh, the genre is right now relative to, uh, you know, where it was uh, however many years ago, you know. Now, in the um, the late 90s, it was a very pivotal moment for Boston hip-hop. It was this underground movement, and you had acts like Mr. Liff, Acrobatic, 7L, and Esoteric. Were you aware of this movement at that time in the late 90s? No, no. I was out of state. I was in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, uh, oh, yeah. trying to push Ill Out Scratch on a bunch of uh, you know people from Aston, PA. <laughs> now, was was it where my homies or I'll take you that sold you on Ill Out Scratch? Oh my gosh! I mean, it was it just that entire I, the amount of times. Like I think if they gosh if they were tracking how many times I'd listened to those songs at that time. Gosh, I don't even know. You know. And hey, I mean, maybe it uh, maybe it helped in terms of all the writing for television I have to do. But my gosh, you know, uh, yeah, I listened to that whole tr whole album so so much, and, and Keith Murray so much, and uh, you know, I even pulled out my my Case Logic today, and uh, you know, still have some of these for whatever goddamn reason. You know, it's always nice when a UFC fighter like walks out to Onyx or Cypress Hill, or certainly Mob Deep shook one's part two, right? Uh, but it, it isn't as uh, often as you would think. And I don't know if that just classifies me as old, Andre. To piggyback off Jay, who was the first underground artist of Boston that kind of uh, raised the eyebrow for you? Again, I wasn't a big underground hip-hop fan. I really wasn't, you know. It wasn't honestly until MMA Live in 2008 when Kenny Florian uh, was aligned with, with special teams. So so special teams is there you go. Edo, Slane, and... Uh, Jason, I think. Okay. Yeah, Jason from the Creators. Are there? Um, I'm sure you're not the only one. Let's say in UFC that likes hip hop, but are there other heads, quote unquote, that you're aware of? No doubt, but I, I think that, you know, it's mushroomed and music has mushroomed to such an extent that I think even uh, the most ardent hip hop heads, and maybe you guys aren't in this group, but have let other things in, and even for me, right? It's like. I have to, you know, clean is obviously something that I don't like. I cuss in front of my children absolutely liberally, right? But I can't have them listening to uh, cusses all day. So my search oftentimes begins with clean nowadays, you know? Got it. Um, it's always fascinating to know what someone else listens to because it makes you feel like, for instance, I'll give you a prime example. Many years ago, maybe four or five, uh, Joe Rogan had Vinny Paz on, which is kind of like in yes. the world, an obscure rapper, right? He's like this underground rapper from Philly. And in our world, he, he's he's pretty popular. But for the most yeah. part, he's an obscure rapper. And it was so interesting that here he is to having this dialogue with this guy for, you know, two, three hours with a quote unquote underground rapper who kind of yeah. fits his mold of what we're talking about here with this underground hip hop movement uh, of the late 90s. My father used to say, if, if someone doesn't say the word fuck, or if their name is an initial, don't trust them. Yeah, that's a creepy one. Initials are creepy. Yeah. But you never know. It's like, it's not a hard, fast rule. No, I give everyone the fair shake, but I'm looking. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. It always triggered me to think like, all right, are there other people yeah. that do like hip hop like us? I know yeah. Joe's older, but is he a hip hop head? And I've, I've heard him talk about, you know, he likes, I, you know, like like gangster rap and, 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 you know, the typical 80s stuff, which is yeah. expected. But 
that was interesting, Vinny Paz, because that's he, really yeah. Well, and I'm curious how you guys feel about Vinny Paz because Kenny Florian again talking about three time. If you don't know, UFC title challenger, he never won the belt, but three times he fought for the title. He's my podcast partner, and he was the guy when I was like 29, 30, 31. I'm almost 50 now, right? Who was talking to me about all of these artists, right, and putting mm-hmm. all of this stuff back on my radar and probably reigniting the hip-hop fan within me, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there's definitely an underbelly of guys, but even Kenny Florian right now, fucking renaissance man, you know? It's like if you looked at the playlist in his car right now, you know, um, is it MC Esoteric in his last fucking 20 plays? I don't think so. <laughs> you, you, you brought up Esoteric. Can we talk about that story you told me about the, uh, the check? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. So, you know what? Go ahead. You, you, it's your story. You tell it. So Boston Garden Rap, uh, just the instrumental, absolutely fabulous. So we reached out to see if we could use it as the theme song for the Anakin Florian podcast uh, at beginning and end. And the answer was yes, uh, very graciously. And so we sent a care package of merchandise. I don't even know where that is, hopefully received. And then we sent a check, however small. And uh he don't want to catch the check, which is, uh, you know, whatever. We'll send a new check. We'll keep sending it. Maybe he wants a bigger <laughs> check, you know, but we're very grateful. The Boston Garden rap is the theme song for the Anakin Florian podcast. And so hopefully all of our listeners are downloading that and running to that and uh, drinking to that and doing whatever they do to that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it just dawned on me one day that if you don't ask, you know, this can't happen. So, uh, yeah, we're very thankful for that. And anyone who listens to our show uh, has to hear that uh, at beginning and end. So, Esso, cash a check or, uh, you know, we, we get the hip-hop albums you liked. Um, you talk about Creep With Me, LL Scratch, which, by the way, was really kind of like an EP with, like, five songs named the same thing. Like, we're always... <laughs> My homies joke. Here. Every song sounds the same. That's yeah, the real joke. Every, about it. Creep with me and creep with me, and my homies. Like, but it was great. I, and it was a great. Even if you're large, I'm um, breaking you down. Little is brittle. It's not a real. You should be in the hospital. I mean, I don't know. I almost know them more by like the track numbers than I do okay. the names. Just but, driving around, however stoned, right nine and fucking eleven, and you know. Well, look, it wasn't as mystical, magical as Keith Murray's album. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> So my buddy, actually, Matt James, who I referenced, got Keith Murray. It's the only time I've received a cameo. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's the only time I've ever received a celebrity video from Keith Keith Murray. Keith Murray. And uh, that was the only one that I ever received. And uh, he wished the happy birthday to Matt James instead of me because he was probably lifted. But, because uh, he's Keith Murray. Right, exactly. But uh, yeah, we got that Keith Murray video and it's in my phone. We'll take it. Oh, man. Was well, that but, recent? Because Keith Murray's had some episodes in the most, you know. Are you, I mean, yeah, within yeah. the last four years for sure. Okay, so you, okay. Got, yeah. you, you got that crazy Keith Murray. Yo, Keith. Yo, Keith, man. Are you kidding me? That's really yeah. Keith Murray? Yeah, that's the Keith Murray. No, that's okay. <laughs> Oh man! Oh That's hey, before crazy. I forget, guys, Ill Al Scratch does have something new, and it's fucking heat. Is it? Yeah. yeah. L- look now, it is up. it together, or is it just Al Scratch? Is it called Homies Twenty Twenty Three? I think it's just Al Scratch. <laughs> Dude, I loved Ill Al Scratch so much. I had that Nike visor. I wore it just like them in the video. I was 
All right, en- enough of LL Scratch. Chan boy, it goes on forever. But but it's rare that you find somebody else who's appreciative of that great album. It was like I, hey, listen, album. guys, I'm still bugging on the question mark asylum drop. That was well, I haven't heard that group name in 25 years. But I'm certainly not sort of a, a, an embedded Boston local scene hip hop guy to any degree, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, like oftentimes I've thought that like, you know, maybe one day I have a goal to call an NFL football game, however dreamy that may be. But one thing that I think is probably more realistic, not to denigrate my own self there, uh, is to release a track or at least to have a verse on a track, right? Mm. Be, you know, uh, and you guys should be a part of this, right? We call it fucking One More Sleep, whatever we call it, right? <laughs> but this is something that, that is certainly a box I think I can check easier within the next 12 months than calling an NFL football game. Are you aware of Max Kellerman's video? Yes. He was dope. Yes. He was good. I was on yes. public access in New York City at the time, and he had a show that was on after mine. And he, it was him as a rapper, you know, and kind of light boxing talk. But it was, uh, mm. you know, that was truly his passion. It's where he wanted to go with things. Yeah. Max and Sam. Sorry. New York's a state, my city's in. I'm in who I hate. I pity him like a branch to Vidian. Got skills, got stamina, got hands of stone like the champ from Panama. Bodies drop from body shots, cause I could box. No need for clocks or karate chops. So if you wanna see who the best be, come and test me, come and test me, come and test me. Got stardom, cock get stuck from the crop to the big bull yard in the South Bronx. My flavor's good, my flavor's good. Here, city, city, you're nothing but my neighborhood. Yeah, well, yeah, certainly a big part of it is my passion, but I definitely don't wanna be the star in any sense, right? I Ideally, I want this track to be something that I write uh, about, you know, with as many UFC na- athlete names as humanly possible as I can work in there. And obviously I'm gonna swear a bunch and it's gonna be fucking fantastic. Um, but that's sort of the goal is to put a bunch of UFC fighters in there and to put some, some shine on whatever other hip hop artist would be in that track, try to get it on the UFC's radar and uh, see if we could blow the thing up. You know, I just want one verse. So we've done several interviews on, on Google Meets. And, John, since you've been on, there's been thumbs up. There's been fireworks. There's yeah, been. Yeah, what the fuck is that? What the fuck's going on? Are you going on? live? All this shit? I, think you're go- so- I think you're going live and you've got some people who are listening. The fireworks threw me off. I'm not so, going to lie. Yeah, like, I, I, can't even, I can't even cross my arms and I have think- my thumb be up. It's fucking thumbs up. What is going on? It was the same no, thing. Honestly, with that. Esoteric think- had the same thing. I think Keith Murray's listening to this fucking interview right now. <laughs> Take it personal podcast. Motherfuckers, Keith Murray in the club. That's called LOD. And we will last. Take it personal podcast. I'm trying to turn these reactions off. I'm going to keep my thumbs down. You, you know, uh, we're talking about the uh, the song that you would aspire to do. The kind of, I think that, you know, in addition to the Max Kellerman one, there was also a really good one from John Cena. That shit was good. I totally was about agree with you. 15 years ago. I totally, I can run on the treadmill of that all goddamn day. Your time is up, my time is now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. now. It's the franchise where I'm shining now. now. You can't see me, my time is now. In case you forgot or fell off, I'm still hot. Knock your shell off, my money stacked fat. 
Plus, I can't turn the swell off. The franchise doing big business. I live this, it's automatic. I win this, so you hear those horns, you finish. A soldier, and I stay under you fighting. Plus, I'm storming on you chumps like I'm thunder and lightning. Ain't no way you breaking me, kid. I'm harder than nails. Plus, I keep it on lock like I'm part of the jail. I'm slaughtering stale competition. I got the whole block wishing they could run with my division, but they gone fishing. With no bait, kid, your boy, hold weight. I got my soul straight. I brush your mouth like Colgate. I will say, Special Teams did a song, I believe, called Team Florian for the aforementioned Kenny Florian, right? And it was so good. And that's what I, I wish we could sort of get to in terms of some of the walkout music. And Kenny never walked out to that. It might not have been approved at the time. Uh, but hopefully we can track that down because that's sort of uh, what I'm getting at, right? I mean, they're talking about Kenny's elbows and his fighting style. and It was, uh, it was masterfully done. It was. I think you're old enough to have an opinion on this. What do you think was the best walkout song, be it boxing, UFC? Gosh, man. Were you old enough to appreciate Tyson walking out to, you know, Terra Dome from Public Enemy? Or? Yeah, probably not. Gosh, I mean, there's so many different directions to go. You know, it's like, I guess I think more about like so many UFC fighters hitting the tunnel for me, but it's not uh, it's not so much associated with... Uh, with the song. I mean, yeah, you know, Chuck Liddell and Anderson Silva DMX, I guess would be the easy answer. But uh, yeah, no, there's nothing quite like it, right? I've thought long and hard about what I would walk out to. Uh, we've settled on Break Your Neck by Buster Rhymes, but it's a very difficult decision uh, as to the walkout song. What would you guys walk out to? To me, it was always Terror Dome. I mean, there was nothing like, yeah, you know, yeah. Chuck D. Here's your ticket. Here's your ticket. And that was it. Holy shit. Yeah. Did, uh, Tyson came out to to Tupac though too. I mean, I, later, I think, yeah, yeah, he yeah. had a few. Um, I don't know. Mine would be King of question. Rock. Ill Ill Scratch. Creep with me. <laughs> yes, I mean, bring it back. You know, honestly, I think the meanest rap song of all time is fucking Shook One's Part Two, man. I do. Well, it's, it I is. mean, it is. That's, no, Rashad and it is so mean. It I'm is. gonna tell you another one. I think King of Rock would be a dope ass walkout song. Dude, Shook One's Part 2 has been used by a lot of champions and uh, high-level UFC fighters. Yeah, it's hard to go wrong with that, for sure. You mentioned Rashad. I got to ask you, because I don't know this question, and it and it blows my mind, the amount of MMA fighters that live in this area. Can you Dude. tell me why it seems to be like a hub for MMA fighting? And, and when I say area, like South Florida, for our listeners, this is, you know, I'm coconut creek and and yeah. Deerfield and boca what is it about this area that attracts all these guys females as well where are you from originally yeah i'm from philly so i you know i would almost bounce the question back at you i think a lot of the answers would parallel just in terms of the weather and the quality of life and uh and things like that certainly i can tell you there are a lot of brazilians who come to the u.s they go to california mm-hmm and then they realize that Florida is more in line with their homeland, and, and it's also closer, obviously, to direct flight from Miami to Rio and Sao Paulo. Look at those tits, man. She's begging for it. What? You're fucking crazy, man. She's 103 years old. Not that one, man. That one, dummy. Which one? Which one? Young one, man. Come on. Move the fucking car. Okay, okay. Uh, so I think a lot of Brazilians end up down here, and there are just a lot of power gyms that have ended up down here, uh, whether it's because the 
sun shines or the taxes are good or whatever reason. You and know? you're training um, year round. I mean, that's just really the. Yeah, that too. Right. I mean, like certainly running outside as one example, road work is a lot better than running on the treadmill. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think this sun though is really uh, the big draw from being. So honest. it's a simple answer. It's not like cause Evans. I don't know if he's even from South Florida, but I know he. No, yeah, there, right? certainly not from South Florida. Yeah. yeah I think this eventually he, he came here because of a head coach. And, okay. uh, and then settled here, you know, I came here cause of my fucking mother and here we are, you know, can't you also say that promoters and the people who kind of run things be, let's just say the Don Kings of the world, they kind of come here for tax purposes. And that also is another layer to the, to the mix. Yeah. Yeah. I think it all plays into it, but I, uh, I do think that for, for a lot of Brazilians, they crave that humidity. I mean, I lived in Las Vegas for four years and we have a lot of fighters who, have increasingly landed in Vegas because there's a UFC PI there, a performance institute that they can maximize and utilize when they are in Las Vegas. But I think a lot of them go out and experience the dry heat. Like I thought I preferred the dry heat when I lived in Vegas and then I moved to Florida. I realized I, I, I like the humidity, uh, believe it or not. Uh, however sweaty and in, however hot I run as an individual, I like it down here. And I think uh, that's really what leads the dance, you know? Mm. So it's it's that simple. And here I thought like there was something special about this area that well, you know, American top team is nine miles down the yeah, road. Yeah, no, and, yeah, for but sure. that has been an evolution, right? I mean, over the last well, like like years. Uh, what's his name, Pat Curran? Like he was one of the original dudes. Uh, he was from Boca, if I recall. Uh, Belfort, I, I guess he lives here, or yeah, he Vitor has, Belfort, Brazilian. Yeah, I mean, so it just the female champion up. lives in Coconut Creek, if I'm not Amanda mistaken. Nunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now to Andre's point about coming here for tax purposes, that I get, but I think a lot of these guys are kind of up and coming. Like they haven't, like Tyson just moved to Delray, right? He bought a, you know, uh, whatever. He, he bought a nice house, and I'm sure he's here for that reason that you had just said, Andre. You know, yeah. Um, and a good Tyson story with that is when he first moved down here, he's in a weed company with Ric Flair. So that's why he came to Florida. But uh, he moved, See, weed. he rented in Long Lake Get Estates, on. which is right down the street from us. And uh, Don King lives in Long Lake Estates. So one day, and I got this from um, a promoter that comes to the to my, my work. He, one day he walks over to Don King's house. So they still are a little salty. And I think Don King's grandson uh, answers the door. And Tyson basically says, Come here and tell me that if I fuck you in your ass, you faggot. You can't touch me. You're not man enough. I eat your asshole alive, you bitch. Fuck you, you hoe. Daddy, where did he go? I'll tell you where he went, goddammit. I just wanted to let you know I just moved in the area. And, you know, I just want to let Don know that I won't be starting any shit. And it was like something that funny, you know, and then like a year later, he, he stops renting there and now he moves to Del Rey. But his kid apparently is uh, is a big deal, I want to say, in the tennis. So that's, you know, part of the reason why going to that school over in Del Rey. So that's pretty cool, man. You want to uh, just John will appreciate this. Tyson used to live in the shores, trained when he was training. um Holyfield. When he was saying no Holyfield, no, it wasn't Holyfield. The it was bite, the ear bite match. No, it wasn't. It was so 97, 97, 1997. He was training and he lived down here for three or four months. And Lennox Lewis fight, maybe? Possibly. It was around 97. 
He was training for a fight. He was here for a few months living in the shores. And at the time, the shores were just built. So, you know, we see what it is now, but it was a new, it was like probably the newest community in West Boca. He would come with his entourage, like four or five Hummers would go down Yamato Road and he would train off Northwest 2nd, which is in East Boca. At yeah, Summer. yeah. And everyone, this is, this was, I think, right after high school, everyone would see those Hummers and they would know it was Tyson. It was, yeah. and, you know, uh, a lot of people went to my high school uh, knew that he, um, he had some fun with some of the, the locals as well. God, he was a, good nostalgia. Always, uh, yeah. So, all right, cool stuff. For those that aren't familiar with Boca, I mean, Uncle June, you, you got to know Boca from Uncle June, right, Kev? Uncle June, how was Boca? Wonderful. I don't go down enough. That's not what I heard. Let's, uh, let's talk a little Boston sports, which I know you can de- definitely get behind. I take you, you're a basketball guy bef- before anything else. No, I mean, we grew up New England Patriots season ticket holders when they were the laughing stock of the NFL. So my grandfather would make us stay for every snap and listen to the whole post game and sit in traffic going home from Foxborough. So <laughs> the Patriots are a big part of my fabric. You know, my mother uh, was a huge Celtics fan and grew up going to those games in the 60s and 70s. And uh, John Havlicek was her favorite athlete of all time. So. She actually got, you know, she was babysitting Bob Wolf, John Havlicek's agent's kids, and she brought Hondo home one night. So the Celtics run pretty deep. But gosh, man, right? Like Nomar's in my studio over there. It's a Red Sox town, so I don't even know. I mean, the Bruins are fourth, but I love them too. So how's that? I don't know. It doesn't sound like you committed to one sport team. but well, I, get I guess, I, I mean, are you, so I would turn, are you a Philadelphia sports fan? Yeah, I would say. So I would say if you could have one of the four or however many teams, not the Philadelphia Union, right? But you could have one of your teams win a championship next, which would it be? And if you're asking me that question right now, it is the Boston Celtics to be sure. Uh, Mm. But so, yeah, I guess the Celtics lead the dance right now in my mind and my box score reading and everything else right now. I want them to win in the worst way. But, uh, you know, the NFL is king. Okay. Fair Is that enough. more committal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, let's do this. Let's let's mix it up a little bit. Uh, you're 44, 45 like me. Let me give you six names, and I need you to pick two of them. All right? You're saving two. You got to kill the other four. Wade Boggs, Ray Bork, Larry Bird, Tom Brady, Pedro Martinez, and Jim Rice. Oh, God. Uh, Larry Bird and Pedro Martinez live. Nice, Tom, Tom Brady. Pedro. You're killing Tom Brady. Definitive. Woo. Yeah, we can't waste time, right? It's like I can't because then you're getting probably not the truth, right? So quick answer means truthful answer. Yeah, Pedro like lives. fantasy like football it. draft. Fantasy football draft. I'm very quick on the trigger. Good. <laughs> All right, let's do one now for Boston movies. We did the same thing with Esso. Ready? The town. The Departed, Goodwill Hunting, Mystic River, The Fighter, and Gone Baby Gone. Two, you can save. Oh, come on, man. Goodwill <laughs> Hunting and Mystic River, but I mean, that makes me kill the Departed. So let's go Goodwill Hunting and The Departed. That's a good choice. That's, that would be my two, 
That's what no I would ticky, No ticky, no laundry. No ticky, no laundry. <laughs> I would take a little more time. I took a little more time. But yeah, I mean, Pedro Martinez, how could I eliminate him? Gosh. Oh, Pedro's a goat. And Larry, you know, begins and ends every conversation. He's the greatest of all time. I'm a Mets fan, John. So we I mean, got uh we got a we got a taste of Pedro for one season. But, I mean, I uh, say we got Nomar in the studio, but we got Larry right here. Oh yeah. Larry Legend. And that's yeah, how could a, you not? It's a painting. The, the best part of Larry is just that he was a scrapper. And I think as we watch back the reels from our phones when we're sitting on the toilet way too long. The fact that he would get scrap with anybody was just. You watch, you watch Larry Bird highlights while you're taking a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I watch everything while I'm on the toilet. I can tell you that I'm in there your for a long ass time. Numb. But I'll, you know, but to watch Larry that way, Jesus, dude, there was just nobody like him. Best shit and talker of all time. Exactly. Back it up. That's yes, what I was, was. say, right? I mean, he he really like Kobe and MJ took it personally and uh, read all the papers. Yeah, what a beast. And, would you say the 85-86 Celtics were the best Celtics of all time? That team assembled, which was yes. Hale, yes. Parrish, Bird, yes. Bill yeah. DJ. Bird inbounds, it comes to Maxwell. Max puts it on the floor, we're down to six. Bird in the corner, double fake, jumper, it's good! Larry Bird hits it with two seconds left. Certainly better than the starting five for the Celtics right now, with respect to everybody anointing them. Now, would you say they're better than the 16-17 Golden State Warriors? Yeah, but I'm sure you could find other NBA teams historically that I wouldn't say they're better than, but I'm certainly not going to put the Warriors ahead of uh, that Celtics outfit. But you're also talking about historically for me as a sports fan, the 85-86 Boston Celtics were probably what set me on a trend to work as a sports broadcaster, right? That was really the first time. Yeah, I mean, I think the Celtics won the title in 84, but I was five or six, right? I mean, this was the first championship that I really remember. I remember my dad waking me up to watch the ball go through Bill Buckner's legs in 1986. And then I went back to bed. That was fun. I've never heard my dad scream like that. And he, <laughs> he grew up in, in Seaford, New York, a Mets fan, but not really a sports fan, but it just goes to show you, right. He had gone to school in Boston and, you know, you sort mm-hmm. of just get emotional about wanting the Red Sox to break through. I've never heard a man scream like that. He woke me up and watched the ball go through Bill Butler. You mentioned the Mets. Kevin's balls just tingled. But to go back <laughs> to go back to the basketball, uh, what you were talking about and referencing. Listen, it was much more physical back then. You also didn't have three point, uh, you know, roundabout all day long. They were they were in the paint driver, so it was a very 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 difficult and uh, physical team, and they, they were comprised of many different sizes. And, you know, way different. Uh, they just they just knew how to move the ball. They were a special team, man. There are also only a few guys, I think, and maybe it's more than this. A few dozen, I guess. But in, in terms of working on skill building and in MMA, we talk about like the wrestling maintenance, right? You can be a great amateur wrestler, but the wrestling maintenance, how much time it takes to maintain those skills and Larry Bird and Kobe Bryant would just work on all those shots. You know, I got to meet Kobe before he passed, thank mm-hmm. God. 
and oh, wow. uh, one of my all-time favorites. And he, he deflected when I tried to make the conversation about him, but I said, you're the greatest shot maker in NBA history. You know, even Jordan wasn't necessarily getting picked up at half court the way they were picking up Kobe Bryant, but the ability to make every shot on the floor and want to make every shot on the floor. And you fast forward towards today's athlete, Jalen Brown is – the highest paid player in the NBA or second highest paid player in the NBA, right? Boston Celtic. And he, he can dribble the basketball during the regular season, but in the playoffs, when everybody tightens up, he can't dribble the basketball. Everybody takes it away. So this past off season, like, is he working on his handle? Um, did a lot of charitable stuff. Obviously he was omnipresent in Boston. Right. But is he got working a haircut the way, right. I mean, but is he working the way, the way Kobe would have worked on his handle? Uh, I would suggest to you. No. None of them do. Kobe no. had the best no. work ethic on the planet. So was there a time in your life where D Brown and Reebok pumps meant oh. more to you than Keith Murray's the most beautiful thing in this world? Out there? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brown, what are you doing here in New York? Purchasing my new dunk. In my new shoes, Reebok Army Zone. Reebok Army Zones? Yeah, very lightweight, which is key for this jam. Oh, yeah? Which jam? The King Kong Jam. Ready when you are, Tony? <laughs> Great question. I mean, I'm classically trained at ESPN. They don't like yes or no question. That was maybe the greatest yes or no question of all time. Yes. D Brown, absolutely. And I lived in Wellesley, Massachusetts uh, for a time, and that's where he was living. And I saw him in traffic, yeah. and I own those. And yeah, man, I was obsessed with D Brown for a good chunk of time. John, you mentioned your time at ESPN. Um, aside from your direct, you know, co broadcaster that you would work with on a day to day basis, who are a couple of your favorite people at ESPN that everybody would know and why? So, I mean, do you guys, you know, Chris Carter, he should be in the Hall yeah, of Fame. Yeah, yeah, of course. I serve barbecue. I serve barbecue to Chris Carter. He used to go to Lucille's Barbecue. I used, I used to live in Boca. I don't know if you've been to Lucille's or not, John, but it's great, oh, great yeah. barbecue. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I worked when I was in college. And uh, Carter used to come in quite often and uh, sit at the table, first table on the left, big family style circle table. And uh, good dude, good dude. How much for an order of ribs? Uh, $2.50. $2.50? Let me get one. Yeah, so I would sit in a closet every Sunday and tape NFL recaps with him. And sometimes he was in a better mood about doing them, I guess, than others. But I'll just never forget, you know, I used to close some of these things with the tagline, don't text and drive. I believed in the cause. And one time he sort of called me out on it. And he's like, you know, do you never text and drive? You know, we're like doing these things live, essentially. And, uh... I was like, yeah, man, you know, I can't really come on camera. He's like, because if you're doing it, you know, and I I think about it all the time ever since. But, yeah, man, like <laughs> just being around an athlete like that with just huge hands, uh, such a presence when he would walk into the newsroom. Like even at that stage of my career, I remember being a little bit intimidated by him. And then I would do the 4 o'clock games with Eric Allen, who yeah. – was Another a great quarterback, yeah, yeah, shorter than me. So then EA comes down with the widest smile, right? Green-eyed green bandit. Yeah, right. The least intimidating guy in the room. So that was fun for me to sort of get a brush with some NFL players. Uh, but it was a long time ago. I spent a lot of time at ESPN Radio, never really wanted to do TV. It just kind of uh, happened that way. But, uh, you know, I do miss being able to talk about the NFL on a regular basis. Do you ever run into uh, Chris here? No, he's down here though, right? Yeah, he lives in yeah. Boca as well. 
small world. Keith Byers used to live here, right, oh, Kev? Really? I used to deliver uh, barbecue to his girlfriend named Peaches. <laughs> my name is Peaches, and I'm the best. All the DJs want to feel my breath. <laughs> all the heat players from back when, you know, that are uh, all upper management oh, now. They're all in Publix out west. Your boy Randy Moss lived here for quite some time. Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people. Tax purposes, right, Dre? Yeah. Let's uh let's go back to Boston. Let me ask you this, because obviously none of us are from Boston. You are. So so tell me, is Mike's pastries overrated? So I don't like to denigrate any establishment. There are just a lot of good places down there. So if convenient, I wouldn't like wait to go wait in line at Mike's, right? And I don't even have the name of the other place on the tip of my tongue. But in my time traveling the world over the last 12 to 13 years with the UFC and domestically traveling a lot as well, uh, Boston is elite when it comes to food, and so is New York. My goodness, I was just in New York City, right? You don't last if your food is not elite. My daughters were just like blown the fuck away in New York City. They're eating pizza. They're like, what? You know? <laughs> Yo, stop. Put some cheese in that motherfucker, man. Extra cheese is $2. $2? Yeah, $2. Hey, you can forget that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, the North End, <clears throat> excuse me, the North End of Boston's is great. Mike's pastries is worth it. Right. Uh, but it, I think it's more nostalgic for some people and more touristy for some people than it is better than, uh, the place across the street. Do you see that thumbs up by the way that what can you see it? Where's that coming from? It's like it's <laughs> There's a ghost in the machine. We got some, you got some yeah, secret service that work comments. with you, John. So if you're only on the audio side and you're hearing this, every time I'm moving and my thumb is going up, we're seeing some emoji-like thumb pop up on the screen. I was told it was happening on StreamYard. We're taping this on Google, so I don't know why that is happening. I am on a newer computer in this uh, little studio, so maybe that is something. But I need to adjust the settings because it's pretty uh, off-putting. Uh, raise his hand. It looks like you just raised. Oh uh, yeah, hand. I just. Uh, <laughs> now you're throwing up gang signs. <laughs> I'm never going to be invited back. Never going to be asked. Back. <laughs> Let me. You were in New York, so uh, would you go Little Italy or the North End? Gun to head. <laughs> be smart with this choice. The North End. Thank you, because I mean, Little yeah, Italy, no one goes to. Let's be honest. Well, there you go. Yeah. No, the North End. Every day, it's it's evolved, but the North End still. Um, Fenway Park, greatest stadium of all time. No, I mean greatest field, greatest landscaper, greatest maintenance, greatest place to play. Hopefully, Shohei Otani leans into that. Mm. But mm. stadium in totality is a totally different thing, right? They just did a vote. I don't know if it was NBA players on the best NBA arenas, and TD Garden was voted number one. Now. It may not have all the bells and whistles of these new arenas, but that is the jungle. It is so loud. The fan base is tremendous. They show up for the Washington Wizards. Like, I can see as a Boston sports fan how TD Garden is voted the number one arena in the NBA. Fenway Park's landscaping is fantastic, and I hope Shohei Otani leans into that. But stadium, uh, oh, it's got a lot of, lot of shortcomings. So what's the deal with Shohei? Do you get any, like, uh, inside, you know, talk or hear people whispering like where is this guy like is there a shot he comes out east or is he more or less dead set on staying out west so we talked about the sun 
the yellow orb in the sky earlier in this interview. And it seems like that could factor in. Yeah. I mean, I I would have a hard time. So he's going to the Marlins? He's going to the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. He's going to the Dodgers. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I think <clears throat> certainly the proximity yeah. of Los Angeles to yeah. Japan is undeniable. And I just think putting up with Boston cold and Boston traffic, it seems like he's a well-thought individual. Mm-hmm. And I just think those two variables, I'm sure he's conditioned to traffic living in Japan, but uh dealing with the boston winters and the boston traffic i'm just not sure that he has an appetite for that but maybe he's not going to be there in the winter but you guys know it's like in february you're in fort myers i don't know i just it, it would make sense the red sox sort of the way they've handled the last half decade would make a lot more sense if uh if he was the piece that that we've been when when waiting for so i don't know though my best guess you know informed speculation is the la dodgers dodgers yeah yeah i see him staying in la bringing up fenway do you uh you get a fenway frank yes i do and i've learned in my old age you really shouldn't get anything on it Mm. really i mean i could i could get everything on it and be fine i'm just saying uh try it sometimes pretty uh you know Plain hot dog. You know, going, this is the second going, going commando. We've in seven years where we've brought up hot dogs. Kevin asked, yeah. uh, <laughs> lo- Kev loves that one. Ketchup on his uh, hot dog. <laughs> I don't like uh, hot dog. Let's, let's get to know John real quick in a quick game. Um, this or that. Ready? You got to give me one. Gun to head as always. Just so people can kind of get a. You know what I like to say? Gun to head, right? I used to say gun to head. And <clears throat> people didn't like that anymore, right? So I would say like to save a dog's life, this or that, to save your dog's life. You know, then they, then it's sort of like you're inferring there's a gun to the dog's. This is a hip hop yeah. show. We're going to say gun to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And I don't aspire to do the NFL. So I'm going to get some blazes. Well, I do an yeah. MMA show. You would think gun to head would be okay. Exactly. But as you were. <laughs> Nas or Jay-Z? Nas. Low end theory or midnight marauder? Uh, you should allow for one pass in this game, but Midnight Marauders. <laughs> ah, right. good answer. Yep. The Bo Jackson 1990 score card or the Michael Jordan 1991 upper deck baseball card? Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson. And for those that don't know, it's that iconic black and white Bo Jackson where he has his shoulder pads on with the bat. Um, or, I'm, I'm at a third card to that. Or the 1992 Skybox D Brown rookie. Ha! <laughs> D Brown. <Yeah. laughs> uh, was that where he's imitating the dunk? Uh, I don't recall. I just remember the Skybox having the, the gold border okay. card. Yeah. All right, br- bringing it back to hip hop. Ghostface Killer or Jadakiss? Ghostface Killer. Mm-hmm. KRS One or Rakim? Rakim. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. That's a tough one. That's tough. 7L and Esoteric or The Lost Boys? <laughs> <laughs> you, you so, dude, The Lost Boys, man. Like, I mean, I'm going 7L and Esoteric, but The Lost Boys, bro, I listened to a ton in my lifetime. A ton. Esoteric did too. <laughs> so, John, if you listen to the part one, there's a reason why I brought it up because he wasn't the biggest Lost Boys fan. So, it was like a running joke all interview with Esoteric. So, I, I just brought it up now. Got Our it. listeners are going to laugh. And, uh, so, you stay loyal to your Boston roots. You picked Seven L and Esoteric. Give me, give me like um, John's Mount Rushmore of, of rappers. Like, who are your go to 
that whether you're you run a hell of a lot i see you run more than fucking forrest gump so what are you listening to when you're running so it has evolved it really has right i'll give you an example today i think one song that came up valentina shevchenko one of our champions from kyrgyzstan like her walkout song an instrumental that would get me going right so but yes for the most part it is hip-hop uh and reggae and anything that i think will get me going but to name four artists is what you're asking me right now i mean have we talked about nine today have we talked about cannabis ability i mean have we talked about cannabis's ability on a microphone right this is this is really difficult, right? There's no pre-screening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, Keith Murray gets a slot, certainly. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting you on know? that one. Waiting on you to say I it. mean, Keith Murray gets a slot. You know, Fred Rostar does not get a slot, nor does Sticky Fingers, right? But Fred Rostar did get a, a ceramic bust, right? So shouldn't he get some consideration? Keith Murray, Redman, Tupac Ooh. Shakur. Mm. Uh, I mean, you know. I just, uh, I mean, yeah. Look, I put you in the spot. Spot. Yeah, those are good. You, those are good. You like? Why don't great. you? Why don't you just throw Eric Sermon up there and get the whole fucking death squad? <laughs> 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 uh, three to four. Three no, to four. I mean, I maybe when I come back on, I'll, I'll, I'll give you guys my fourth. But I need time for my fourth. Yeah. John, quick curveball. How long did it take for you to realize House of Pain was not from Boston? Huh. <laughs> just now. I'm, I'm just learning Stop. that. Stop. 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 <laughs> <laughs> No, but I asked that question because a lot of people thought they were from Boston. You know, Irish wearing the bird jersey when they came out. You would think they're well, guys are like from the Southeast Project. Yeah. No, they're from LA. Yeah. Yep. No. Yeah. No. Not not <laughs> uh, not learning that tonight. But yeah, I'm sure there was a time where I believed that to be true. Uh. You know, I, I was uh, I was reading. There's like this New England connection, which I didn't know. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's talked about. You, Dana. And Rogan. Now, now Joe's from Jersey, but I believe he started really his stand-up shtick in Boston. He went to college there, and Dana's from like Connecticut, and you're from Boston. Is that how you guys like have such good synergy together? Is because you have that commonality with your your New England roots? I think there's a, a northeast commonality, but Dana and I are much more Boston sports fans than Joe is, right? So there's connective tissue for me and Dana with that to be sure. Uh, but yeah, every time in New we're in Newark, New Jersey, I'm talking to Joe Rogan about being born there, you know. But no, I mean Joe's formative years were in Massachusetts, but I just think it was uh, it was maybe different, you know. Dana White obviously spent a lot of time in the city, spent a lot of time in Maine. Is just a man who was totally embedded across New England. So yeah, I mean I don't think it hurt. Dana wasn't the impetus for me getting hired. I think I had a bigger fan in, in Lorenzo Fertitta who was the owner at the time, Mm -hmm. but uh, it certainly doesn't hurt my cause that, uh, you know, I'm wearing Boston sports stuff every now and again. Mm. But like, I can't connect with Joe. I mean, you know, when I talk to Joe about like his emotions, selling out the TD garden in like five minutes, right. Can you Mm. imagine even a kid who didn't grow up a Celtics and Bruins fan? When he did a show at TD Garden in Boston, this thing sells out in five minutes. Can you imagine what it's like for a kid who goes to Newton South High School to 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 sell out the garden in five minutes? You know, so no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, look, I, I thank you for stopping by. I know um, you're very busy, and and we uh, we definitely appreciate this. And and I know our listeners are gonna walk away with something new that they learned. You're a huge Illinois scratch head. 
You love it. Yeah, very much. Yeah. That, yeah. And Keith Murray. Ill Al Scratch can have the fourth slot. And, uh, you know, I'm glad we didn't talk about me wearing big maroon Jenko jeans and making my mother drive all over, uh, you know, the bad parts of Framingham, Massachusetts to try to dress like I was, you know, a budding rapper. So. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, like, when you'd go to the, like, the Natick Mall, like, what would you wear? Were you wearing, like, uh, like Carl Kanai? When you wanted to be a rapper, this rapper stage in your life where you're freestyling in the uh, car. <clears throat> You, uh, yeah, maroon. I mean, I'm, you and I both wear maroon hats, so I'm right. still wearing fucking maroon. But no, maroon Jenko jeans, way Ooh. too big. Charlotte Hornets probably starter jacket, and oh, I would yeah, like yeah. wrap my wrap my head in a bandana, and I would bick my head bald every four days. Although that's true to who I am, I still, you know, I still bick my. I have a full head of hair. I still bick it. You know, I still bick it every few days. So that's who I am. So. Did you ever wear a concert T-shirt to school? No. No. Wow, what is what is that? What are you insinuating, Sandra? <clears throat> I'm just, just saying, like, well, was there ever like a hip hop show and you were like so proud to like wear the T-shirt oh. the next day? I yeah. mean, if there was a Run DMC show or a Beastie Boys show, believe me, like half the school was wearing it the next day. Yeah, no, I mean, I was trying to look like Fredro Star at school. You know, you're I was really into the Fredro Star. Now, Fredro Star wasn't he um, acting at that time? He was an actor. I was gonna say he was, he was an, like an actor. At the, yeah, what, what no, I wasn't. No, <clears throat> I wasn't like into him after he was. Uh, I was just into him as the rapper, you know, because Sticky Fingers seemed to be the front man and get all the credit. And here's Fredro Star, you know, bicking his head every four days like me or me like him. And uh, I think that's it, right there. You just, you just, you know, that was part of it. Kev, what's your favorite song off that uh, Back to Fuck Up album? The Black Vagina Finders. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. That's one of the ones I can On cue. On cue. <laughs> that was like fucking uh, aims to burn. I actually, I actually named my fantasy football team one year the Black Vagina Finders. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a funny-ass fucking cut. That album, I gotta go listen to that album again. It's probably been like 20 years, but um, throw your guns. Shy man. Skills, man. Shy Skills was a mean producer, so did a lot of the cuts yeah. on that album. Well, John, you said it all. Thank you again for stopping Thank by. Thank you guys. No, I appreciate we'll your time again. as well. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll do it again, maybe face to face one of these days when uh, you have. I want to give a shout out to the person behind John throwing up all those reaction emojis all interview. <laughs> appreciate the fireworks, the thumbs ups, and all the other. Why don't you drop yeah. your uh, email? They'll, they'll get into your system too. I'm going to be up all night trying to get those settings off of here. So thank you guys. And John, let people know where they can uh, check you out, your podcast, and what's, uh, what's coming coming 2024 for you. Everything's at johnannick.com. It's been launched within the last six weeks. Thank you for that, uh, including the latest episode of the Anakin Florian podcast, which you can find on the DraftKings network or the DraftKings YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, we got a big pay-per-view December 16th and then uh, Toronto uh, in mid-January. So uh, yeah, we just keep fucking churning them out. You know, Roadshow continues. Boston, Boston. Appreciate you, you, man. Good night. Be good. You guys Thank you. too. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. You are listening to Take It Personal's Boston Hip Hop Tribute.